0: How, how do we make learning authentic? Uh, because I think that's a lot of what teachers need to do. And and it's more than just real world learning. Welcome back
1: everybody to another edition of the Start Ed Up podcast, a member of the Education Podcast Network. Today we have on author of Firefly Classrooms, Troy Cockrum. Troy is one of those guys that has been pushing the boundaries for a while now. Uh, actually, at the top of the show, we talked about the fact that I did a podcast with him back in like 2008, which is really in the, old, you know, the early times of podcasting. But he's always kind of quietly going about things um, in, a, in a really innovative way. And we talk about his journey um, with d- different job titles, the emergence of the new innovation director uh, kind of title that's been, we've been seeing popping up more and more in schools. Uh, but we also get into a little bit about his book. And uh, how he's trying to make relevant things happen in the classroom. Now you're gonna love this one. Uh, he also, you know, gave his contact information there at the end. We also have it at the bottom. So I suggest that you reach out to him. Uh, also take a look at his book. It's there on Amazon, and uh, I think you're gonna enjoy it as well. Other than that, take some notes and enjoy Troy Cockrum. All right. So I'm now joined by Troy Cockrum. Troy, thanks for joining me.
0: No problem. Thanks for having me.
1: So, like, you are, it's funny, like, I was trying to remember, you interviewed me for a podcast before podcasts were cool. Uh, like, I it may have been on two cups and a string, or maybe it was an iPad. It One of the other two, I don't know. But uh, you've been kind of OG on some of the technology side, and and uh, you've done some really cool things, and, and uh, lo and behold, I saw you're writing a book, and we shall get to that, I promise you. Um, but... Uh, seeing that i know you um this is going to be a little bit like walking down memory lane but for those who haven't met troy troy explain where you're at now and let's go and let's walk down uh, some of your past on on some of the tech things
0: well that's um funny you should mention that podcast because i i i meant to to it it's so long ago the only digital record i have is um on a portable hard drive that is buried under some other things, so I was going to pull it out and try to find the date because um, it was we did it at your previous school. Yeah, I'd
1: say it's two thousand nine, maybe two thousand ten.
0: Probably, probably around two thousand ten, um, <laughs> and yeah, I did it on either an iPad or an i or an iPhone, um, and that was for. Um, a, a, a podcast that I used to host called the Flipped Learning Network Podcast. Um, but yeah, so currently I am uh, the Instructional Technology Director for Oldenburg Academy in Oldenburg, Indiana. Um, this is my first year um, at this particular school. Um, it's a high school. Previously, I was at two different K to eight schools as a middle school English teacher. And also um, for about three years, I had the title of director of innovative teaching. Um, so that's, that's, that's my background as far as in education. Um, yeah. You, you've been like, I, I
1: like the fact that you had that background, especially um, in the, we actually similar worlds. I started off as an English teacher as well. And it kind of, Branched off some some weirdness, but um, you've seen some trends come and go for sure, and 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 we can get into that. But like, I like the fact that um, you know you started off in the English class. When was that first dabble into you know what the language arts world and the ed tech world can combine really well?
0: Well, um, I don't remember if it was two thousand nine or two thousand ten, but um, my first at uh, my first big conference, uh, my, my like, first year of teaching, I went to a behavior management conference. So I don't really count that as my first big conference, but that that's what I needed at that time. But I think it was in my third year of teaching, I went to the NC, um, a National Council for Teachers of English, NCTE conference. And it was in Orlando and I'm a big Disney fan. So I somehow convinced my principal to let me go. And my plan was to hardly attend the conference and just go hang out at Disney world. (laughs) Um, But uh, the very first day I went to a session uh, with Troy Hicks, um, which he's written several books in the English realm, as far as uh, uh, like the digital writers workshop and I'm drawing a blank on the others, but he, he did a session on using Google in the classroom. Uh, and I just sat there and watched him and said, I want to do that stuff. I mean, uh, you know, I had to come from a background of, a te- I was a television producer for, for 10 years before I went into education. So I had a high tech background, but then when I started in education, I, it, I felt like I took a step backwards as far as technology. And I thought, well, I thought I, I was doing what other people were doing, which wasn't a lot of. It was, wasn't using a lot of technology. And then when I saw um, Troy Hicks, and I think Bud Hunt was with him as well, see all these things that they were doing with Google. And this is 2010 when, when um, Google apps as for education didn't even exist yet. And I thought that is so cool. I want to do that. And I went after that conference, I went um, and started focusing on using Google tools and, and um, all that in my classroom Um, And at that point, I learned about the Google Certified Teacher Program, which is now Google Certified Innovators, and was fortunate enough to get selected for that in 2011. Um, And so that's, you know, this is prior to, like I said, Google Apps for Education. So I was working with middle school kids and I was telling their parents, um, can you create them a Google account so they can use these google docs and share it with me and things like that and um so that was kind of my introduction and and to me i like to uh cannonball in um and so i just i just jump in with both feet and figure it out once i hit the water rather than try, yeah. to, try to tiptoe in
1: Yeah, I think that's what, like, when I first met you, uh, again, the similarities, I, I, I too, well, I didn't, I wasn't a television producer, but I I had, um, was, you know, running the, the, you know, school station and all this other stuff. And that's kind of when um, I got thrown into the wolves in the sense that uh, (laughs) there are so many things that I didn't know there, but I was learning along with the kids. Uh, and I was pretty upfront with him. I'm like, I'm like, Hey, who understands, you know, the the final cut 10 and, 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 uh, keeping up with them. But yeah, when all of a sudden I, I was meeting some fellow English teachers, embracing it and, and being okay with, you know, leaving behind, well, I shouldn't say leaving behind, but, you know, uh, abandoning some of the, you know, paper and pencil stuff. Uh, it was kind of an exciting time. And, and I, I think that, um, I don't know. I, I just think a lot of the ed tech pioneers uh, came from the language arts scene. And I'll probably take some angry emails over that, but, uh, <laughs> but no, I, I so I sincerely liked what you do, but uh, what are those, some of the, and, and, you know, it's almost kind of funny when you said back in 2010, my mind's going, that was just a few. Oh, that's right. It's almost a decade ago. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but what are some of the, the ed tech trends that you are happy to see have gone? <laughs>
0: Um, that's, that's interesting. Cause I, I don't know if we see a lot of tools come and go.
1: Yeah. You know, and yeah. I'm, and I'm not trying to throw any ed tech tools right. company under the bus. Uh, just, just overarching, like, I'll, let me, let me start one off. Um, okay. and the, oh, I, I don't want people to get mad at me, but the, we have a 3d printer craze. Um, I think 3d printers can be cool, but I saw a lot of schools buy one for the sake of buying one. And when they got one, they're like, now what, um, (laughs) that, that, or, or, you know, Hey, we printed some Yoda heads, um, that, that, you know, I just, I I had a hard time with that just because I'm like, man, that's a lot of money. Uh, what did your students take away from it? But anyway, that's mine. Now your turn.
0: (laughs) Um, I I, th- I think we've modernized them in a lot of ways, but the um, oh now I'm drawing a blank on what they call them um, web quests. You know the, the 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 thought process that we can create an environment that walks kids through learning. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That you know that that I, I always looked at web quests and thought, you know that that does engage them digitally but it's not that great of content it's still we're still trying to control their learning and just saying okay now take this step and take this step and, and, and but now the technology is advanced that that we can be much more interactive and the students can be much more self-directed and jump around so i think we still have a lot of concepts of web quests out there we just yeah you know, they're you know they're just a yeah. uh, different medium now
1: um, okay yeah so talk to me about, um, because I, I've now seen uh, the title, uh, the, you know, I've seen directors of innovation, coordinators of innovation, uh, director of innovative learning, uh, thing, and, and I, I personally think it's an exciting time. Um, I'm sure you were kind of early into that title when it wasn't thrown around too as often. Uh, how did, did you like help make that up? You're like, hey, you know, you did you have like, was it at, at, at Zappos? You can come up with your own title. Of, of, <laughs> like, did you come up with your own title? Did just go with it? Or, or how did you, you know, how did yes. you get the title? And then what was your responsibilities?
0: So, so my previous job was director of innovative teaching. And um, it, I stumbled into it. And yes, I did create the title. And so what happened is um, my principal knew at the time I was still teaching middle school English and my principal knew that I wanted to move on it was I wasn't unhappy with the school I liked the school I liked teaching but she could tell I wanted to do something a little bit more um, and she approaches me one day and says i know a principal at this other school that would like to talk to you didn't tell me really what he wanted to talk about or anything like that. And uh, similar to you, I do a lot of trainings for schools and conferences and things like like that. So I thought, well, maybe he wants to talk to me about some training or something like that. So I went and visited his school. um, And it turned out to be a job interview that I didn't even realize. um, That's what it was. And he said, well, what's your ideal job? And I started to describe, you know, I'd like to, I don't want to be out of the classroom 100% because that's, that's what I do. I'm not, I, I, I'm a teacher. I want to work with kids. I want to be teaching. Um, but I, my passions are in good pedagogy and teaching with technology. And when, when I create lessons, I get excited about, I don't get excited about the content of English. I get excited about the content of, how can we make this more engaging? How can we make this, more, uh, this environment more creative and things like that? And um, as we talked through what, what I would like to do, he said, well, funny thing is we're looking for somebody who can do just that. He said, we, we, we're getting a bunch of new iPads um, and our technology person it's just a computer teacher in essence and we want somebody who can do more than just be a computer teacher um, and so they hired me he originally called me the technology coordinator was was what he told me the title was going to be and immediately the teachers thought well i was going to fix things and we said well no he you know he told the staff that's not primarily his job is not to primarily fix technology it's to help you integrate technology then they thought well i was going to teach computer class and he said well no that's not i mean he will come into the classroom and work with the kids as needed to teach them things but he's more here to work with you guys and and so there was this lot of confusion over what what my role was because of the title so i said why don't we change the title and we talked through different ideas and came up with director of innovative teaching. Um, So that's where that particular title came from. And it it was, I mean, and still is it, it, um, that was four years ago. And the staff, I mean, I, I wrote my own job description. um, And the staff, some of them didn't know what to do with me. Some of them jumped on boards right away. And some of them were like, I don't understand what he's supposed to be doing. Uh, because that was such a new concept for a lot of schools. Um, and even in my current role, there's, uh, um, even though my title is instructional technology director, my job is not to fix, thing, fix things, it's to help integrate technology. And there's still a few teachers who still aren't sure what, what to do with me. Um, and, that, and and it's not to criticize those teachers. I don't want to say that, that there's anything wrong with what they're doing. I think it's just such a new role that's developing across the school environment that people are still trying to understand what that role does.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I've seen that. And then as, as this kind of role starts to get filled in more and more schools, um, and sometimes, you know. I'm not going to pass judgment. I've seen some schools that, like, it's a cool thing to say, innovative director or whatever like that. And sometimes it's like, you know, we digitize our worksheets uh, kind of thing. Uh, but in yeah. other cases, but yeah, I I just like it that I can't, in one hand, criticize education for not wanting to move forward um, and then criticize them for, you know, trying something and not being as, quote, innovative is is I would like for them to be. I I, I like any progress. I I think it's kind of cool. And I I think that you're going to see titles like this uh, happen more and more. Um, You know, again, I'd I'd like for the progress to be a little bit faster. But uh, right right now we take what we can get. So I I, I dig dig the fact that you had that title and, and, you know, you're pushing things forward. Speaking of which, um, with all the body of work you had, all of a sudden you decide, you know what, I'm going to write a book. So let's dive into that. What made you want to write this book? And um, when was that pivotal moment that you're like, no, nah, I'm, I'm doing it, and you start plowing forward and, and doing it? Or has this kind of been a slow burn and a slow <laughs> write over the last several years? I don't know.
0: Well, um, so I have written a book previous to this. I wrote uh, Flipping Your English Class to Reach All Learners. Um, and I wrote that in 2013. And that particular book, um, I, I was one of the early adopters of the flipped classroom, um, particularly when it comes to English. I went to the second annual flipped conference put on by John Bergman and Aaron Sam's out in Colorado Springs, actually uh, Woodland Park, um, just outside of Colorado Springs. And I was one of two English teachers there. There was a hundred teachers there, and there were two English teachers. Um, and so, um, I don't remember if it was the third annual or the fourth annual. No, actually it was NCTE in Las Vegas. Uh, uh, a person approached me after one of my sessions and said, have you ever thought about writing a book? And I said, well, I'm an English teacher. So of course I thought about writing a book, but I just never progressed it any further. So we, we started talking and. A couple months later, we had a contract signed. I wrote that particular book in three months. And while the content, I still stand behind the content. I mean, the content is, I will admit, is outdated. It was 2013 when I wrote the book. So it's outdated. Um, But I wrote it very quickly. I wrote it over the By the way,
1: I just wanted to pause and say, something that is five years old is outdated. And the thing is, (laughs) like, I get it, but my 45-ness is like, Dude, this is five years ago. <laughs> like that was the distance between two Duran Duran albums. Anyway, I'll I'll, I'll pause. Go ahead.
0: Well, <laughs> I, 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 it, this
1: still blows my mind. I can't really get over it.
0: And, and I say that because I I don't want to tell people go buy this book right now. It's going to change your life as far as the flipped classroom because some of it you're going to read and be like, yeah, that that everybody's doing that. And I'm like, well, five years ago they weren't. Everybody wasn't doing that, but um so. I so what came of the what came about from that book was not I wasn't as invested. Uh, I didn't invest as much of myself in it. It's very it's very stale. It, it, it's um, it, like I said, the content is good, but my my there's no voice to it. There's no I wasn't heavily invested. In it, I was more just getting published for the sake that I could say I was published. Um, and then, as, as I kept reflecting on that, I, there, I had a lot more ideas that I wanted to come to fruition in in book form or some sort of um, content form because I always. Like I think all English teachers like to create content in some way. I mean, that's just, and, and I think any, anybody who's creative or artistic or they like to create content. Um, and um, this, the, the current book is called Firefly Classrooms. And it's the 10 elements of authentic tasks that make learning visible and social. So I was thinking about these ideas um, of um how, how do we make learning authentic? Uh, because I think that's a lot of what teachers need to do. And and it's more than just real world learning. Uh, that is one part of authentic, but there's a whole, there's, I mean, for like when I was working at a K-8 school for a second grader, real world knowledge is hard to, it's hard to identify. And so, I'm I'm thinking about this book, and and as like I hosted my podcast for four years, I believe was um, what, uh, how long. And so every week, as I'm doing this podcast, I'm sure you learn you learn a lot yourself from these. Um, and uh, and so just one day, I'm sitting in my office, and this was three years ago. So this book is has come; it's been three years in the making. Um, I, I decided to identify some elements of authentic learning or some elements that teachers can use. Because I'm, I'm a big proponent of learning is captured, not delivered. Um, I, don't, I don't want teachers to see themselves as a delivery vessel for content. I want them to, to see them as creating an environment that the students can capture that content. Um, And so I I started putting post-it notes on the wall of my office, um, writing down different ideas, putting them together and organizing them. And throughout the course of that day, I came up with these 10 elements that, um, and and these are research-based as well. They're not just my elements, but elements that I had seen um, that consistently come out in the research as far as being part of Authentic tasks or authentic lessons or authentic units in classrooms that help students capture that learning. Um, and then, so then after that, I took another year, year and a half, writing it, writing the book. Um, and then I spent another year showing it to people, collaborating with people, working with different people. Um, I hired an ed editor. This is before I even talked to a publisher. I hired uh, someone to edit it and give me feedback, uh, a content edit and give me feedback on what I could do better, what direction I should take with it and spent another year rewriting it um, because I wanted this book to be uh, really a part of me and I didn't want to put it out. I mean, you know, I, I'm a big fan of Seth Godin. Um, and he's like, you know, and, and there's a lot of other authors that talk about that too, but the fear, the fear of putting something out prevents you from putting it out. I I wasn't afraid of putting it out, but I wanted it to be quality content and I wanted it to really be a piece of me. Um, and so I spent a lot of time, I was putting it out as far as I was sharing it with a lot of people. But I didn't get to the point where I was ready to publish it till about seven, six or seven months ago. And then, and then that's when I felt okay, it's been, it's been through the ringer, it's ready to go. And that's when I started working towards fine tuning it to get it ready to be published. All right. Well, and then so, a
1: published date is when, when, do, when are you dropping it? When's it going live? June, June 1st. So, okay. Oh, wow.
0: Yeah, so it's available for pre-order right now on Amazon. Uh, you can get it at Paperback, Kindle, or on Barnes & Noble.
1: Oh, okay. So June 1st is when it's coming out. And then uh, what, what uh, grade ranges? Like, So if you're a teacher, obviously, what uh, grade ranges do you think are the most optimal for this book?
0: Um, well, like any teacher, I want to say every grade range. Um, so what I did in the book... Um, I I went through projects that I've done either myself or with other teachers that meet each element. Um, I didn't necessarily want a want to write a step step one step two step three kind of book. I wanted to give narrative examples of these projects in action, um, and so a lot of the projects are from my middle school classroom. And so they could be used with middle school and high school easily enough. Um, some of them I pulled from working with other teachers. There's a one project that I did with second graders in there. Um, so to, to be honest, I would say primarily middle school to high school, um, but there's a project for second graders and a project for fifth graders in there that I think are excellent projects that The people could pull and and then and when i say that i don't say do the project exactly and i mentioned this in the book don't necessarily do the project exactly how i did it take your own yeah
1: yeah when you sent me the pdf uh, that was the one thing that uh, i enjoyed looking over is that they were some nice templates and some frameworks and there was there was some wiggle room there to kind of personalize it um and obviously you know me well enough i'm a, just a big fan of trying new things and trying to make things more relevant and and uh bring that relevancy into the classroom or bring the outside world into the classroom and i as one thing i thoroughly appreciated looking over it um and just you know knowing you as long as i have just your passion of of like integrating several different areas in, into um you know in some cases like these lessons is is really coming out. And, and I, I enjoy that because, you know, for better or for worse, sometimes teachers are really, really busy and sometimes yeah. they need content like to be, you know, in some cases we, we have time to dig up some of these things on our own. And sometimes it's just a real blessing, um, especially teachers that are inundated with things and, and they've got, you know, the test to worry about and this and this and that. It's just kind of nice to to have in some cases ready to go material that can still have wiggle room and you can personalize it and that's that's kind of what my impression was on on uh, some of the lessons that uh, that you you'd given in there um, so uh, yeah i'm i'm a I'm a big fan um other well actually you said you can pre-order it right now on Amazon, and uh for that matter, so we we've kind of gone this far i his name is Troy Cockerham Troy tell everybody else though where they can find you
0: um Similar to you, I'm all over the place. Uh, Let's see, Twitter is my uh, handle. Do they call it a handle nowadays? T T Cockrum, T C O C K R U M, and that's you know actually mentioning that NCTE conference. That was I joined Twitter before shortly, you know, maybe six months before I went to that conference in 2010, and uh, and I was uh, I didn't understand how to use it. I, I, I was like. Uh, I understand people are saying it's a good place to be, but I, I just not, not. Oh, my not, gosh. Not yeah. It, you know, and, and, it, and I've, you know, I'd follow some people and would check in every so often. But then I was at that conference. And and, the, and since the conference is at Disney World, um, the, you know, they stayed on, stayed on the property. Uh, the buses would take you from the hotels to the convention center there. And the bus, the lines for the buses were just insane. And so I just on a whim, I'm standing there in line at the bus, and like one of my very first tweets was, "These must be the best rides at Disney World because I'm just looking at the lines, and they're so long or something similar to that, and somebody retweeted it, and I was like, "Oh, that's how Twitter works <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's so funny. yeah, so that so' I'm on Twitter, Instagram is at T Cochran as well um, I, you know, I, I, I do a lot of videos, a lot of stuff with YouTube um, because I've always done video in the classroom. Uh, and so my YouTube channel is Cockrum Videos. Uh, my website is troy Um, Don't go to com because it's not safe for work, unfortunately. And I can't get the person to sell it to me so that I can make it more
1: (laughs) (laughs) eradicated from the, yeah. uh,
0: Yeah. Um, so I, I bought Troy dash Cockrum.com. Um, and so those are the places that, that, that I can be found and contacted and, and, um, I encourage anybody to reach out to me and, and, um, get in touch
1: with me through any, any of those. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. No, it's funny. We, we, again, parallel lives here. I think it was like 2011 and I too was at a conference and this guy who was a ed guy, you know, was one of the presenters and uh, he was like, I actually, Alan November, I don't know if you know him. And Alan's yeah. like, Don, I can't believe I haven't seen you and uh, your student stuff on Twitter. I'm like, Oh, Twitter's dumb. <laughs> and he's like, no, 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 it's not. And I'm like, that's just Kardashian bs and i said like i'm not to be confused with some blowhard you know celebrity and that's when he's like no it's like a teacher's lounge and uh that was when i kind of converted over too and it's funny like some of those first five or ten people that i followed um they're st- like i don't know it's kind of like and this is gonna sound weird but it's kind of like you know your first crush you, you kind of yeah. always remember them and it's funny i was literally on the phone today with uh with Ian Adair, uh, who was one of the guys that I met at a conference. And, uh, you know, it's just, you know, we're all joking. Like, he's like, I think I was follower number five. And, and, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it took a different turn from there, but no, it, it's, it's so funny how, you know, teachers have kind of adapted to that and, and starting to share and, and heck here we sit on a podcast and, um, you know, I'm hoping you share this with as many teachers as possible. And, 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 and heck we've gone full circle. I was on your podcast <laughs> in the old days and uh and, and here we are, so no I sincerely and, uh,
0: I enjoy doing my podcast um uh, just just to mention if, if you know any of the listeners are wondering, well what's, what happened to the podcast? Um, I was on the Edreach network, and um they they took a lot of the technical aspect out of it um and then and Dan Rizak ran the EdReach network and and he was self-funding it, and as you probably know, there's no money in podcasting. Um,
1: yes, I've discovered and, that.
0: <laughs> so he he, after a few years, had to fold the EdReach net. or made the decision to fold the EdReach network, and so um, I did it on my own for a little while. But it just it was taking up so much time, and I didn't feel like I was giving. I wanted to produce quality content, and I didn't feel I was. I felt like to the, I was getting to the point where I was just slapping stuff together, and so I decided to. In in the podcast that's been oh, about a year and a half, maybe two years ago, um, just to focus on some other things. But I really enjoyed the process, and there's times when I miss it. Um, um so so it, I think you're doing a great thing with podcasts because it, it's a great it's a great medium, and I am. yeah.
1: Uh, it's, it's been a learning experience for sure. I, and I uh, honestly, it's the, the weird path I took is I decided in year one not to interview any teachers, which, you know, we kind of took some criticism for that, but you know, my, the people that I'm looking up to and the people that have opinions on education aren't really in education. Yeah. And I decided to feature them first because mm-hmm. you know me well enough. I, I like the entrepreneurial innovator and, uh, so yeah, it's, and heck, it's a, it's a really cool excuse to call up some of the people you look up to and, right. you know, beg yeah, them to was- hang out.
0: That was one thing I enjoyed in the early days was, um, you know, I got to interview Eric Mazur from, um, Harvard, you know, and that was, that was a great experience. And, and some of the people that I interviewed in those very early days are still friends of mine. Um, and the same with Twitter, those, like you said, some of those early people that I was following and communicating with on Twitter are friends, are friends of mine now. And I consider, you know, you know, I talked to coworkers, as they're getting into social media and they say, well, well, what do you consider when you call somebody a friend, what do you cons- like, is that an acquaintance or is that a friend? And I said, well, I kind of, if I communicate with them on Twitter, but I've only ever talked about work, then I consider that an acquaintance. But these people that I, that I know about their family life. Absolutely. I, you know, I know. Yeah. I know things like that about them. Those are the people I consider friends and I may only see them once a year, once every two years, but I still consider them a friend.
1: Yeah. That is a unique experience to, you know, I, I remember the first time I went to ISTE and I met people that I'd been friends with, but never met, which right. was crazy. So well, try uh, again, man. I appreciate what you do. Uh, I'm loving the book again, title and release date. Go
0: firefly classrooms. It is coming out June
1: 1st. June 1st. All right, Troy Cockrum, thank you so much for being on. I sincerely appreciate
0: all the work you're doing and uh, continued success. I think we would have crossed paths quite a bit, even if we weren't both in New York. So I appreciate everything you do.